0: Here's the host of The Rebrand Podcast, the CEO of The Harky Group, Scott Harky. Welcome to The Rebrand Podcast. As you know, we tell untold
1: stories of world-changing brand campaigns, as told by the marketers in the trenches every day building them. I'm your host and founder of The Harky Group, Scott Harkey. and today we're going to discuss how to take the guesswork out of your brand decision-making. Joining us is Jeremy King, who is the founder and CEO at Attest, which is a consumer research platform that makes doing regular research less of a big deal. By combining the best bits of research technology and human expertise, Attest makes it simple and fast for anyone to uncover opportunities with consumer data. Today, Jeremy and I are going to discuss Making Brand Guesswork Illegal, quite the title we got drummed up for today. I'm excited because I'm very curious. We've seen a ton of research platforms as an agency person, I'm sure you've seen a ton. So let's dive into this. Let's talk to Jeremy. He says they've got a bunch of new spicy marketing coming out. And I'm excited to have Jeremy King, founder and CEO at a test on the show. What's up, brother? Delighted to be here. Thank you for having me. And excited to talk about
2: all these interesting things.
1: Right on. Okay. So, I mean, there's so many platforms. I mean, you have Mintel and Scarborough and Nielsen and name that research firm that I'm forgetting. You know, I think I subscribe to our group of agencies probably close to a dozen. So talk to us, like, what's the problem with research? Why did you get into research? How, I agree. I think sometimes all of us need quick insights faster. So I heard a little bit of that. You certainly have explored and hit on a marketing pain point. So I'd love to hear about the platform and and maybe your background and, and kind of what you do different than maybe some other research platforms out there that we've heard about. Happily, I'll start
2: with the problem with research and then I'll come to why we care about it and a bit about why I care about it personally. So the problem with research is that the vast majority of people need research, want data, want to understand their target customers better, but have no idea how to do it and have no access to solve that problem at all. Doing research is ridiculously difficult. You almost need to be a professional in the industry to even start to think about it. In big companies, that ends up in a dedicated team and they do a wonderful job of conducting research projects. Anyone else in a big company doesn't have access. Smaller, medium-sized businesses, they can't do this at all. They're trying to punch up against the big guys, but with none of the data and none of the scale and none of the power. So we believe that while the industry for market research is a very large one, over $100 billion total revenue in the global research industry, that really only serves a tiny fraction of the total demand that could exist if only someone could make it easier and more accessible for more people more often. And that's what we do at a We use the phrase, inform every intuition, dissolve any doubt. That's our mission. We believe that great marketers, great brands, great companies, great B2C people have ideas what they're missing is information and new data to support them they have bold decisions they want to make what they're missing is an ability to feel confident in making that bold decision or tie break between two different ideas we're not here to give the answer to the problem we're here to add information to intuition and information that dissolves the doubt so you can make bold moves so yeah there's lots of market research agencies and companies out there that produce standardized data sets or can do your research project But at a test, we're for the 99% of people that don't do that and for the 99% of projects or ideas that never make it to market research phase at all. And how we do that is by making it very easy and accessible and efficient
1: through automation, SaaS, and technology. So a couple of points of clarification just for our rebrand audience out there. Look, I don't get paid by anyone to come on the show. This is not a paid appearance show. I hate that. I'm very against that. In fact, I don't even ask some of my really close vendors and partners at my agencies to come on the show. This is for people that want to be on the show, that have something I think is unique and interesting. And I vet them and we invite them on the show, especially my podcast producer, Ben, who's got a bunch of marketing podcasts that rival AdAge and HubSpot and all the biggest marketing networks out there. So I do want to clarify, rarely do we have a, a very specific kind of tool for marketers on the show. So, I just wanted to highlight that because I'm a big fan of transparency, and I really value this audience and I've had three people on the show the last two weeks that I've reached out to after the show and set up like, "Dude, I think I can use what you do and that's what this is all about. this is about a community of of things in a in a non pressure environment where we can learn about different tools in our toolboxes so I don't know why I felt like I wanted to put a major disclaimer in there, but I do think it's important. And I think marketers, I, I as you know, Jeremy, we're inundated with ad tech, like ad nauseum and, and brands are inundated not only with ad tech, but media companies and agencies And I'm a big fan of just connecting the right people that have the right services that are kind of the right vibe in this community. So that's what this is about. So again, I want to clarify that I did get my first paid advertiser on the show and you'll know it. It's a brand you may or may not have heard of. It's LinkedIn. Okay. So you have my hearty group who's helped paid to put this show on and then LinkedIn is our first paid advertising. Nobody else is coming on the show that is paying me to get on. I promise you, or that I owe favors to. That is my commitment to you. And I'm excited to have Jeremy on. I mean, I looked at his website. I mean, there's tons of research and case studies. And look, most of the research that I've seen out there starts at a couple hundred thousand dollars. And there's some great stuff out there, uh, Sysmos, and I mean, I, a million different ones that I've used at, at different levels. But I, I do think the industry is lacking bite-sized research at more affordable costs. And look, we need to get smarter at our job and we need to get smarter about our audience. So I do think it was very audience focused too. But talk to us. I mean, I've looked on your site. Let's maybe shift gears a little bit. I I, I do love the title, but I just, I, I'm feeling a little salesy maybe. And so I, I want to right. uh, talk to us about, I mean, I mean some of your brands uh, on your site. I mean, I saw like Molson Coors and Organic Valley, Delta Dental. I mean, Unilever. How should people be thinking about research? I mean, again, we all have lots of options out there and there's lots of different ad tech players out there. I mean, how do you think brand marketers and agencies, how would you be thinking about research? And should it be audience first? Should it be competitive first? Should it be, you know, media usage? Like what would be kind of your process? Yeah,
2: two thoughts here. And I promise to not make it salesy.
1: No, and I don't, by the way, I don't think you are making it salesy at all. (laughs) Appreciate that. (laughs) Whatsoever. I just want to. I'm big on transparency and authenticity, the, the, the best that I can. And so I just thought it was a, a good moment to clarify what's going on. And we swear on this show, this is this is real stuff. Like I don't want any bullshit involved whatsoever. And so I thought it was important. We get nothing, no reflection on you at all. So well, a, a couple of things that we think should happen differently in in research. So
2: research doesn't need to be a big waterfall-style technical project. It doesn't need to be something where you. You are forced to guess the information that you need three months, six months from now, and to create a static project today that delivers that over time. It doesn't need to be hard to start. It doesn't need to be complicated. It doesn't need to be a big multi-sign-off thing that you do in Microsoft Word. It can instead be something that you do in little bite-sized pieces that's much more exploratory, much like a scientist in a lab playing around with different things. You follow threads of ideas, you test hypotheses, you iterate, you repeat, you fail, you test, you learn. Research should work the same way that modern marketers do with with the rest of their marketing stack. Research should be no different you can be much more flexible and have a much faster metabolic rate than you've ever had in the past. And there's no barrier to that. The only barrier is making it easy and accessible enough. And that's why we care about that so much. The other thing is you asked, what's the most important thing to research? And honestly, there's no right answer to that. The biggest problem we always say for B2C businesses, the biggest problem is a moving target. It's a bit like trying to make a nuclear submarine quieter in the Cold War. Once you've sold the loudest noise, you've got a next loudest noise. Things come at you at a rate of knots that you never anticipated. This week's biggest problem might be completely overshadowed by next week's apocalypse. So therefore, in a world that moves very quickly, where we have all sorts of trends that move at shorter wavelengths and faster pace, we need the ability to react to those things much faster, and hence why those two things fit together. In a world that's faster moving, where modern marketers work in different ways, we need to do research in more places more often for more things. But it needs to be more bite-sized, more accessible, and easier to start and finish and repeat more often. And for me, that's a bit like being a scientist in a lab. And I'm a bit biased because that's how I started my career. I started out in science, animal behavior, mathematical modeling of reef fish. Don't ask me about that, please. (laughs) We'll be here for hours. (laughs) But... Uh, In science, you can test and fail and learn and hypothesize and put things together and find combinations of what works. And that's how I think modern marketing should work too.
1: I love it. And on your site, I I saw some buckets just to kind of give people an idea. And I'm a big fan of like categorizing things by buckets. You know, again, how do we make things more simple as we're talking about stuff instead of trying to be the smartest person in the room as as a marketing person. You had brand tracking, consumer profiling, market analysis, new product development, creative testing. And I love the case study I think I saw for Organic Valley, how they cut product development costs by 10 times. I know a lot of my big clients, we do a lot of brand tracking, which makes a ton of sense. I think probably the two areas that are probably the most underserved and biggest opportunity in marketing right now are probably consumer profiling and market analysis. Could you maybe talk about those buckets a little bit and maybe where marketers are getting it wrong? And how do we think about budgeting I'm a big fan of percent of sales going into a marketing budget. And then, you know, how much for creative production versus how much for media, working media, and that percentage has certainly changed a lot the last five years. But how should we be thinking about, from a budgetary standpoint, our research? Because there's just so many different sizes of budgets, and there's so many tools based on the budget size. I mean, everyone doesn't need to be on Marketo, right? Maybe there's a different platform for you based on the size of company you are. So I I guess those would be my two buckets of questions to kind of kick us off is consumer profiling, market analysis, maybe some case study or thoughts around that. And then I do have a budgeting question. I wanna throw it on the table happily. So I'm completely with you. Deep down customer
2: profiling, market analysis, it's about understanding our target customers better so that we can succeed, beat the competition, unlock new pockets of growth and drive new efficiency. That's what we're trying to do as marketers. I think my favorite case study for us in this area is by a company called Bloom and Wild. If you haven't heard of them, they have become recently the number one flowers vendor in Europe, bigger than any of the big names you can think of. And I'll name Interflora out loud since we can swear. So how did this tiny British startup achieve the position of overtaking Interflora across so many European markets? And this is where the phrase inform every intuition, dissolve any doubt comes into play. So they thought about customer profiling and market analysis. They have this hypothesis that as a market leader, they stand for making the best of every occasion using flowers. I've really butchered their branding there, but that's the core of it. And they have this hypothesis that a Valentine's Day, giving and receiving red roses, which is the number one selling skew on Valentine's Day, certainly in Europe is a terrible idea. People that give red roses, they admit that it's a last minute choice, it's overpriced, it's kind of thoughtless. You probably pick them up in the gas station on the way here, and it's the default backup plan, but it costs twice as much as anything else. So it's a bad thing to give. And all of their research uncovered that people who give red roses know that they're failing. People who receive red roses know even more than that. They're like, yes, I identify red roses, a dozen red roses, It's better than nothing, but it's very thoughtless. It costs 100 bucks, but it's worth just above zero. Not only did you pick it up in the gas station the way here, I also know that Red Roses is this terrible environmental burden, huge peak February 14th, rest of the year, complete wasteland. So everyone hates this number one product. And Bloom and Wilds became so convinced, they did a whole bunch of research across different European markets, they profiled the different customers, the givers and receivers, the different genders, the different occasions, specifically Valentine's Day, and they tested a whole bunch of other things. And they became so convinced by the outcome that they delisted red roses at Valentine's Day. They took off the number one selling skew in the Valentine's Day period, because they were so convinced it was a bad idea and nothing to do with their brand, and they'd be doing their target customers a favor if they did this. They did it. They went through with it. They achieved a four times year-on-year Valentine's Day period revenue uplift and a 51% share of media attention during that period. And this is what I mean by using consumer data to make bold moves. It's very, very compelling. If You can profile customers and unlock deeper understanding that anyone else has about how they're making decisions and how you can help them with those decisions. You can do them the huge favor of helping them avoid the terrible mistake of buying the number one product. And you can figure out
1: exactly where that applies most big thing in the UK, less so in other European markets. That's gutsy. I love that. You know, last episode, I was fascinated. We had an agency, Emily, who really understood, I would call like empathetic marketing. And her thesis and her big thing was really understanding consumer values. And so it sounds like that tool was unlocked to help understand that, you know, the consumer values around this holiday of valentine's day was not aligned with actually making people feel good and they 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 have the data to prove that consumer value and it was a leg up on their competition it gave them differentiation so yeah no that makes tons of sense here's what we're gonna do i know i had you coming back i'm trying to stay much more on time i'm not i'm over every time you know it's fun to talk about these things oh totally i love it so we're gonna wrap it up there on the rebrand podcast big thanks to jeremy king founder and ceo at test for joining us Tomorrow, we're going to dive more into research, obviously, and you know, we're talking about using research to avoid brand disaster. We have seen some brand disasters this year. We're not going to get into all of them because I really don't want to be political on the show whatsoever. You can say politics talk for a different time. Uh, we're talking about marketing here. How do we avoid doing some shit that is going to blow up our brand? We've seen brands lose billions of dollars of value for the first time ever this year and really understanding, I think, our audiences and, and their fandom. For our brands at a deeper level is, is the only way to go. I keep getting more and more convinced of that every show that we do. So we're going to bring Jeremy back on, Jeremy King at Attest. Uh, let me give you their website. It's askattest.com. A-S-K is askatest.com. Uh, their website is great. They've got a lot of great case studies on there. There's even some free research tools. And I love how it's basically any level of research. You know, I know some of the other research partners we use like, hey, if you don't got 200 grand, don't friend call us. You know what I mean? There's other monthly subscriptions that can range in the six figures. And I love Mintel as, as an example, but they do something very specific and it's pricey. And then all the media research, I think personally, any media research like Nielsen and uh, their stuff is is very expensive. Any sort of Scarborough data and I'm from our media team is crazy expensive. So I'm all about finding tools and partners that can provide research at affordable costs. So- Anyway, you can find me, Scott Harkey, pretty much anywhere. Probably the best way is LinkedIn and Instagram. LinkedIn fits a spam message. It looks like a spam message. I, I have a hard time returning those, obviously. But in any other kind of casual format, love to connect and keep building this audience of this marketing community. So thank you to everybody. And remember, subscribers is really what I look for. That's called building our, our clan, our group here. Um, so that's it for today. Remember, it's number two to rebuild, reboot, or rebrand.